Hey there, everyone. My name is Grady Milligan. I'm the worship pastor here at Vineyard Maryville, and I want to welcome you to the Vineyard Church Conversations, a space for healthy dialogue about the serious and the silly, a place to explore the sacred and beautiful things that make up our journey together. And this week, we have a wonderful interview with Sharon McCarter. If you've been around Vineyard Maryville for any length of time, you probably already know who Sharon McCarter is, but if you do not, Sharon is one of the founding pastors here at Vineyard Church. Her and Aaron, uh, who you may have already listened to on the podcast, Aaron and Sharon McCarter are kind of the original not kind of, they are the original. They're the OG pastors here at Vineyard Church Maryville, and they are awesome. Sharon is amazing. She's the venue pastor here now at Maryville, and she has done basically everything under the sun a person can do in ministry and pastor work. We'll talk a lot about that. We'll talk a lot about everything. I think this is one of my favorite conversations we've gotten to have so far. Um, Sharon is so like ready and willing to talk about the funny things and great stories, but also um, there's a lot of transparency that Sharon walks with, and I think you see that in this episode. So without me saying any more things here, let's jump into my conversation with Pastor Sharon McCarter. Okay, so if you know Sharon or you've uh, heard enough of Sharon's sermons to know a little about her, you know that Sharon is competitive and that Sharon loves to play games um, and that like sports games, all these things, they've been a part of her story. So uh, where, like, tell us a little more about that. Like what, why has that shaped you? What's different about how that like was in your childhood and to now? Like what is it about Sharon that goes hand in hand with like games, competitive stuff? Yeah, I just think it's uh, how I was raised. My family bonded over games. We were okay. just big time gamers. And yeah. so I just feel like that our, like our happiest memories was when we were playing games together. Mm. And, um, and so I just love the motto, like families that play together, stay together, you okay, know, and awesome. it's just true. It's like this thing where we can all get together. And I mean, and we didn't just play games. We played games for money. Like that's how competitive we are. <laughs> like, Wait, say more about that. That's, okay, <laughs> like that's everything awesome. we did, we played for money. So yes, we played poker and hold them and all those yes. things, but we like played sorry for money. We played ping pong for money. Like we played Wii tennis for money. Sorry. Um, yeah. To this day, my family will play. I'm sorry thinking of like, money. like a little kid sharing, playing sorry with like a stack of cash, like a money clip. That's... It's nothing crazy. You know, it's like, you know, winner plays, lo- pays loser a dollar, but like, it's not fun if there's not stakes. Oh, on it and um man best memories like growing up we had awesome. we had a pool that was shallow on both ends and deep in the middle and so we would have a running um like volleyball tournament pool volleyball tournament oh, that's so awesome, me actually. and my dad versus mom and brother and at the end uh whoever lost had to pay for outback i mean just just <laughs> constant awesome. um so we've just we've just had a lot of fun uh, big time gamers and then we were always into sports and doing all that yeah. kind of stuff um and so, yeah, I just think that's a big part of my story. Yeah. And I was a part of FCA in high school. And, and how many sports did you, because like <laughs> non-pool volleyball was a thing, but like how many, how, how many sports total did you play like at whatever like league or school level in yeah. all the Sharon world? Pretty much. I played uh, softball for nine years growing up Okay. and then uh, gave that up and played volleyball. And golf. Okay. Those were kind of the three the three sports. And then I just have tons of fun just playing like anything, like intramurals or ultimate frisbee or beach okay, volleyball. Sweet. Oh gosh, I love Stuff ultimate like frisbee. Yeah. Also, so and this is like I know I know it, at least some part of the story is in Florida. Is all of it in Florida? Like, was all childhood Florida? Yeah. Okay. All, all childhood in Florida. My parents still have the same house. They built it when I was one. Oh, okay. And, yeah, um, yes. And they, uh, so yeah, I just grew up in the same town, all <laughs> Florida, and went to college in Tennessee, which was okay. a huge change. Do you have any, do you have any strange Florida stories or were you like <laughs> spared from the like, 
the phenomenon that is like a man in Florida, you know, like every news story. Were, were you spared from that? Um, yeah, my hometown was pretty great. It's changed a lot and, and that kind of thing now. But it was great. I mean, I just saw it was very farmland and stuff okay. growing up. And gotcha. then it just became kind of like a really big deal, you know, oh, like just. Okay. And so it's just been interesting to see some a community change over 30 to 40 years. Yeah. It, that, that's been really interesting. But no, it was a pretty simple childhood, simple growing up. You okay. know, we were the Florida people who were near Tampa, but you're still 45 minutes from Clearwater Beach. Okay. So you don't go to the beach every day. Like people think you go to the beach, right. but you like sweat like you're at the beach every but day. But no one's, and no one's throwing like, or like leaving alligators in your mailbox. <laughs> no, but I do have a funny alligator story. Okay, please. So when, um, when I was in high school, I was on the golf team and I was at a state tournament and I was pretty competitive, but at one point I hit my golf ball and it landed near an alligator. And, like, the whole tournament comes to a stop because I will not play my ball. And so they have to get all these officials and all this stuff. And they're like, you're going to have to go run over there and hit the ball. And I was like, I will not. There's an alligator. I know. I was like, I'm, there's Is it no... legal to tell a child to go it's near it? For real, alligator. right? I'm like 16, 17. And I just remember being like, oh, no. Like, that's not going to happen. And <laughs> it took a very long time for a lot of people to decide I could drop my ball on the yeah. other side of the course and keep I playing. I feel like there would be a, an officiator whose job <laughs> it is to be, like, alligator watch. Right. Like, I feel like, like, that's a Florida thing. There would mm -hmm. be, like, an on-call Florida right. gator person yeah. for protecting children, yep. but whatever. Yes. Maybe your, like, Florida story is that no one cared to, like, defend children from alligators <laughs> on the golf course. That's like, that's Florida a normal story. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, just go over there really quick. I'm like, no. It's not a normal no, thing. No, uh-uh. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, I just, the idea of, like, like, small, like, eight-year-old Sharon, like, taking your whole family's money at poker is probably my favorite new thing. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is pretty epic. It also is very important, like, knowledge to have so nobody, like, can get, uh, like, hustled. So mm -hmm. don't invite Sharon to your poker game oh, assuming it will be easy yes. pickings because yes. she's going to take your money. So true. Not <laughs> enough poker in my life anymore. My, um, <laughs> It's been really funny. My kids will not play anything for money. So I, I've tried to pass this on to my children, and they won't have it. Um, even if it's just like, so we'll just give the winner or something. It's, it's like, like, they Mom, can't. Mom, it's not about money or winning. Yes. It's like, yes, it is. Yes. They're way too pure for me. They're like, we can't, <laughs> we can't gamble at all. And I'm like, it's not really a gamble. It's a dollar, you know, but they will not do it. <laughs> They're too pure. <laughs> they won't oh, do it. Gosh, this is my new favorite sharing <laughs> thing. Oh, that's so good. Uh, yeah, so what's interesting is um, about six months after Aaron and I got married, and so... I was 24, um, I had a really significant kind of double knee injury. And so okay. um, I was always really, you know, just, I was really athletic and loved to go to the gym. I'm one of those people who really enjoyed cardio. It was a great stress relief. And so, okay. um, so it didn't make always, you mad. It was like, it yes. Helped. okay. Yes. Like I was like, <laughs> I loved, it was a hobby. Okay. Like I liked doing it and yeah, the endorphins, I needed that, okay. um, needed to be competitive, that kind of thing. Well, one day I walk into a step aerobics cl class of all things and, um, could barely walk out. And um, okay. that was when I was 24, the absolute scariest time of my life. Had to go to physical therapy, just a major okay. shift in my knees. Was it in the class, like like well, going I, in and then going out? or? Well, I think something about that class in that moment, even though I'd done step aerobics for years for fun, um, something shifted in my both patellas, which is really weird. So I have a patella femoral situation. So like my patella doesn't line up with my femur. Um, and so okay, I have weird. not like been able to run since that day. And that was a oh. huge identity crisis for me. Wow. Um, okay. That was like something very much that I feel like, you know, you feel like it was taken from you. Like yeah, your I haven't heard that ability. story actually. Yeah. That's a huge part of my story. Um, kind of like, uh, um, a huge part of when fear set in too. Like okay. things can really change. Um, there, there was a minute where, I mean, I would have nightmares every day about wheelchairs. Like I could barely go to the grocery store for a while. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so to this day, I don't take walking for granted. Yeah. Um, Jeez. it was a huge, um, 
it's a huge victory when I can like go to a theme park and finish it out, um, things like mm-hmm. that. So that was a huge identity crisis when I find so much fun and joy in being um, competitive and in just like getting a good cardio workout. And so I've really had to um, just change the way I'm competitive, sure. uh, make up new ways to be competitive. Like thank goodness poker and stuff is still on the table. Right. Um, you know, but it's just that that's been hard. That that was one of the hardest things I've gone through. Have you have you been able to like yeah, see, I didn't know that also actually like, thanks for sharing that. Cause that, yeah, that is hard and vulnerable. And like, you've obviously done work about that since, cause mm-hmm. you're able to sit here talking about it, mm-hmm. but I, that, you know, as, as new information for me, I'm like, man, that's heavy. Uh, that like, I'm sorry you had to deal with that, but mm. have you been able, so have you been able to find ways to still do the, like the outside stuff and the physical stuff? Like, is it like, like, like walks in a nice place or Mm -hmm. do you still get to do that in any way you like? Yeah. I really feel like it's the slowest healing of all time. And Mm, so every year I get a little bit better. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that's actually awesome. Yeah. It's been really cool. And, but slow, slower than ever. And so I have to really Mm. monitor things. And so, um, I have to, so now I can walk like a mile, mile and a half, you know, for like exercise sake and, and that kind of thing. Um, I just have to really kind of monitor. I can't overdo it because it gets Mm. worse. Um, so it's just something I'm always mindful of. And, um, it's been, it's just, it's been interesting. I I was so nervous to have kids. I wanted to make sure I could have kids because that actually changes your alignment oh, and wow. one of the first See, times yeah one of the first times someone gave me a word you know how people read your mail yeah no one's ever really read my mail you know how yeah. they say and I was like I want that so bad well I was at a vineyard conference and okay. these two women came up to me and I was really praying and r- nervous to get pregnant and all those things and they had no idea what I was thinking. And they came up to me and prophesied over me that I was going to have children, that I was going to be able to run with my children and play with my kids Mm. and all the things that only God knew that I was really scared about. Because you were actively thinking about how scary that was. Yes, at this Mm. conference. And so it was, it was an incredible um, and powerful experience for me. And then of course I did have kids and it's been amazing and I've been able to play with them. Mm. It's still sad to me that we, I can't just go, you know, on a jog with my daughter or that kind of thing. Sure. Um, but it's been for the most part, everyday life is good. And yeah. I'd still try to figure out how to get like my endorphins up and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So I do yeah. this weird thing where I do like, um, YouTube videos for, for people with bad knees or I try to hit no. workouts or I'm always trying I mean, to do something. I mean, that's the awesome part of the internet age is yes. like, there's literally people making stuff Yes. For everybody. Yes. Like that's actually pretty awesome. Yes. That's yeah. cool too. I feel like that's a also, um, like you and your kids have such a rad relationship. <laughs> it's like cool to watch. And like, even the struggle you have in that is I'm sure like a really great, you know, connective story for them and like a way for them to understand mm-hmm. how to wrestle with things like, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't wish anything like that on them, but at the same time, it's like a, Hey, I know that my mom has dealt with this, but like still has like all this joy and still finds Mm -hmm. ways to like be stoked about things. And Mm -hmm. this sucky thing didn't like end her having a good life, (laughs) you know? So it's like, it's, there's a whole lot of cool testimony in there. And they're really sweet. I mean, they think about it, you know, like, are are you okay? Are your knees okay? They're super aware kids too, though. Like unbelievably, (laughs) unbelievably aware. Oh man. They're funny too. Also like, Bryce is very funny. Like, <laughs> like I, I can't pretend that I have like 8 million interactions with your kids, but uh-huh. I've also, but I have seen Bryce be really funny uh-huh. and be like, like kind of savage with like jokes and like mainly making fun of Aaron. Yeah. If, if, if Bryce makes fun of Aaron with like me <laughs> or me and Sam, it's probably our biggest bonding moment. Oh, funny. He has started, he has started, um, mimicking us oh, that's... and it is so right on that you cannot help but to be hysterical. It's like, oh, that's, so that's funny. exactly what I look like right now. And it's, it's been hysterical. I mean, he, and he loves, um, he just, he loves to make people laugh and, but it's a lot of teaching him when is it appropriate to make people oh, laugh? Oh, for when sure. Is it not appropriate? Um, but he loves it and he's so, um, intuitive. So this is, this is weird. And this is, I don't know, this is how dorky we get or pastor kiddish we get, but, um, he, he's just having these moments where he's realizing he's, um, in one of the services now. Um, so he like goes to a service and he serves a service and then he does preteen and 
And so he hears us preach a lot. And so he'll be like, you know what? I know what preaching is. And we're like, well, what's preaching? He's like, you just make people laugh a lot right before you like hit, hit hard, like a point that everyone needs to know that's going to change their lives. And we're like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, that, that's preaching. And lately he's been, he's been talking about like, he's been coming up with sermon analogies. Oh, that's He's awesome. like, oh, that's a sermon analogy. And so now we have like legitimately, legitimately made it a game where we'll sit somewhere and Aaron, like just the other day, read the back of an A1 bottle and yeah. it was going to be a good sermon illustration. I don't even remember what it was. Right. And Aaron's like, now well, like make a good sermon illustration out of this. And they just do. They just, <laughs> it's like, awesome. they, they just think this way. And so I'm sure no one else does this, you know, like this is a, this is our life. I've seen it as a goofy youth game, yes. but I don't know about like people's tables. Is it going to be a problem though <laughs> when like he starts like critiquing your sermon jokes? He's like, is he going to be like dad oh, yeah. or mom? The, that opening joke, like it was a swing and a miss. Like, is it? <laughs> he is already not afraid to tell us what he thinks about our sermons. He's 11. We're like, thanks, dude. Oh, that's so cool. Gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, so in the having lots of interests and like not, not just in when you were growing up with sports and games and things and stuff with your kids, but like knowing a little bit of your ministry story and the different ways you've been involved, like you know, all the way from the various things in school and stuff. But like, since you've been doing ministry as the job, as the life, mm -hmm. you've done a lot of things. And even like people that have been around, even in the story of this church, you've done a wide spectrum of things. Um, so maybe sort of talk about that. Cause like not everyone's geared up for that. Like, I think a lot of times people seem more like maybe like a specific specialist and like, this is the thing they crush, but it's like their thing. You like, Sharon McCarter has done everything that a church does. So like talk a little bit more about that weird dynamic and yeah. how you navigate all those hats. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, I consider myself like a utility player in the church. Um, and I do like to relate it to when I played softball, I was the girl that could play any of the positions, okay. you know? Yeah. So it's like, just put me in, you know, I had my favorites, but I could play any of them. And I feel like that's like what life is like at church. And, um, and especially when you are called a church plant. So really Aaron right. always knew he was going to church plant. Uh, my calling was to be a youth pastor. I mean, that's what mm. I thought I was going to do forever. And um, so I was a youth pastor um, before we even got married. Yeah, I always forget that. Yeah. Like the pre-vineyard church The pre-vineyard, yeah. yeah. I, was, I yeah. was a youth pastor, and that's, you know, a pastoral ministry degree. And uh, we, um, we finished out kind of my commitment to that church in Florida and yeah. then moved here. And Aaron had always wanted to plant a church in Maryville. And I thought church planting sounded insane. You know, it's like starting something from absolute nothing. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I come from a family of entrepreneurs, but that seemed a little even much. Um, <laughs> and so we started planning the church with a lot of just good friends we had and that's all cool God stories. <laughs> and, um, and it was funny. I've, I've heard that you always have to have, um, the, the big three, you have to have like a great, um, you know, pastor and preaching, uh, a great worship leader okay. and a great kids ministry. Yes. Okay. Well, we had a pastor and we had a worship leader and we did not have a kids pastor. And, uh, that was li like literally the one thing I said I would never do was <laughs> be a kids pastor. I've mm. always been, especially when you're like, I'm teenager oriented, you know, I, mm -hmm. I like teenagers. Um, and I always liked VBS because I liked working with teenagers at VBS, you know? Yes. Um, and so, but I was looking around and we had a few people try, you know, uh, uh, here and there. And I was like, we're going to need a good kids ministry. And there's kind of no one else to do it. And so it was a very, um, it was, I'll just say, I mean, it was a very sacrificial moment for me and it was a vulnerable moment for me because we had just moved to the Bible belt. I just yeah. went from being a pastor to a pastor's wife huh. and now I'm starting kids ministry, huh. which was very stereotypical. And mm. I had to fight all of that and be like, it doesn't matter. Mm. I know what this looks like, but it sure. doesn't matter this church, this is what this church needs. Like the struggle of people's expectations and what, yeah. and how difficult that is versus like, crap, someone needs to do something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I had no experience, but started the kids ministry really. And, um, That's crazy. it is crazy. And I just, Kids I, are terrifying. <laughs> God, so they were terrifying to me too. I didn't have any of my own. Yeah. And you know, I, to this day, um, I had never really changed a diaper until my own children. Yeah. Um, but ended up leading a kid's ministry. I was like, I can help other people change diapers. Um, and so, but no, I, I, 
I ended up doing it thinking it was very short term, mm. and uh, I ended up leading our kids' ministry for nine years. I don't remember it. I don't remember the nine years part of that story yeah. at all. Yeah. That's crazy. Nine years, and I ended up loving it, which is kind of crazy, mm. because it was one of the biggest leadership challenges I'd ever faced, and I love leadership. Yeah. And it was a challenge, and we built something from nothing, and um, yeah, it was it was really <laughs> fun to see that thing grow. I mean, yeah. by the time... I finally got to hand it off to someone who was like definitely more equipped to do it and called to do it and all this stuff. I mean, there was a hundred volunteers and a hundred kids. And I mean, it was just so cool to see it all happen. And then I was more than happy to hand it off yeah. to you. Um, but I got to start the first, you know, vacation Bible schools and what does yeah. that look like here? And so it was, um, anyway, so that, that was kids ministry. Uh, at the same time I was also doing the youth ministry cause that yes. was the one thing I knew. I was like, well, I'm a youth pastor. Right. Um, and so I was leading the youth ministry. Um, but then it became a thing where, okay, now I'm, you know, Aaron's wife, the associate pastor, the kids pastor and the youth pastor. I felt like I had to have a relationship with literally every single person in the church. Yeah. And that makes you everybody's pastor. Yes. If it's children through adult, <laughs> you have to pastor every human in the building. It yeah. was, it was too much. And then what I, I used to love youth ministry, but all of a sudden it felt like I was walking in quicksand. Like, oh man, like this is the thing I love the most, but it's the thing that is not hmm. going. And so um, when we brought on Corey, you know, to be the youth pastor, yeah. it was like the greatest thing ever. Um, and so I set that down, finished off kids ministry, handed that off, um, and then ended up becoming, um, you know, just an associate pastor for a while. And honestly, I was, you know, worried about, you know, what I was doing, um, just, just trying to figure out this new territory. Well, that's when the Knoxville church asked yeah. us to come and help. And I, I felt like I had this newfound margin. Mm. Um, and that's why I was the one to go help. And then yeah, I became okay. the venue pastor yes. of the vineyard Knoxville. Um, and so in that regard, I feel like I've sort of done it all. I've done kids and youth and I've been the venue pastor and the associate pastor and now venue pastoring and in Maryville. Um, I, I just kind of like it. And I think the thing is, is I'm on board for all of these people to know Jesus, mm. Right. And so that's why I'm like super passionate about all of it. Like, I think I could go lead a kids ministry again tomorrow or a youth ministry, or I just love it all. Mm. I love young adults. I, I love it all. And so that's why I feel very much like the utility player. And I'm like, God, just wherever you need me, point mm. me and let's do this. You know? Yeah. Well, I think it's the thing that makes you kind of like, uh, either the awesome superhero person that you are or, oh. or a degree of crazy that most people don't carry, yes. but either way, it's helping you do amazing, <laughs> it's helping you do amazing yes. stuff. Yes. Uh, cause I, I, I don't want to do any of those things. Yeah. <laughs> like I, and, and you know, like, like, I don't know, you show up and like, I think the Lord gives capability. You had no idea you had. Hmm. Um, and I'm sure myself or uh, any other person who went into it, like, they'd find it and be just as surprised. But, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I'm currently more on that side of like, man, the idea of planning a church sounds crazy. Yeah. Like the idea of starting a kid's ministry, just anything from like, from not having it at all is still mm -hmm. like that. I, I mean, I, church is sort of what I've done and what I feel like I'm supposed to do. And that's like the only thing I kind of know, but still the idea, you know, I've never done the, that from scratch kind of thing. Yes. And it takes... It just takes a certain mentality in a certain <laughs> spot. Um, but I think it's cool about your story that it's not like a, oh, that's just, you know, like, like I knew I would start a kid's ministry and be a church planter and it was always in me because I have the special spark. It was a, I never thought about doing any of those things, mm -hmm. but you said, I'll show up and do my best. Yeah. And like in these showing up, hmm. like you found you could do all the things. I, I think that's really cool because yeah. I, I hope that's encouraging to people with, whatever the thing is, church or otherwise, just that thing that feels insurmountable or mm -hmm. I don't think I could do that or I couldn't do this business or I couldn't lead my kids that way or I couldn't perform this or create that art or whatever that like, mm -hmm. like you, you're probably selling yourself short <laughs> because in the jumping into it is where you're going to find all the moves and tips and yes. tricks to like figure out the thing. Yeah, I've been yeah. kind of encouraging people along the way because I think sometimes people think they're called to do this one thing and yeah. they want to find out what that is. Yeah. And I'm I'm just a big proponent of like you just like see what God is doing or mm. see where there's a need and if you just say yes, Lord. Mm. And cuz you know, if I 
I would have put myself in a box. Like I am called to be a youth pastor and that is it. Um, And it's, God has done so many other things Mm. in me and it never was the youth ministry thing, a stepping stone or, you know, how people say that. And it was never anything like that. It was just like, this is where God needed me today. Um, And I think it takes the pressure off. Like you Mm. don't have to decide what you're doing forever. Mm. It's like, we're on an adventure with God and that can lead you to who knows where. And I've stopped trying to have like a five-year plan or a 10-year plan because I have no idea what God is going to do next. I just want to be open to it. And I do love starting things from scratch. And there is a part of me that loves to be out of my comfort. I'm uncomfortable when I'm comfortable. Okay, I got you. And so I'm like, there's a part of me that's like, what am I really doing? What am I sacrificing? Part of that is my threeness. I want to make sure I've left my mark or make sure I've done what I need to do or whatever. Um, And so I'm learning to, you know, not always have to um, be conquering that next hill. You can like lean back sometimes. Yes. But, but yeah, but in the, in the not over firing version of that, it's where some of like your greatest strengths Mm. and really cool, like, Mm. God-given, like, awesome stuff that you bring to the world comes out, you know? Yeah. So it's just managing the both. It's yes. it's using all of that drive and energy and, like, even kind of, like, healthy competitiveness that just <laughs> exists in you. And, and all while knowing that, like, who Sharon is and the love God has for Sharon is mm-hmm. literally not on the table at any point. Mm-hmm. And if you never did another thing mm-hmm. from now till when you were dead, <laughs> like, all the st- same things are what he'd say about you that he would say about you right now. You know? Yeah. It's Um, so true. It's a weird balance though. It's It's a weird balance um, because I do, it's, I do know, you know, his love for me is, you know, and it is more of a making, wanting my life to count, wanting to make a difference. Um, it's that kind of drive, Mm. you know? Yeah. And it's so interesting, right? Cause there's like that. I, I think sometimes people like the, shadow side or the shadow version of the thing sure it's not great but they make it such a big enemy that they kill like the the beautiful healthy version of that thing so like the idea of like like i don't know some christian rhetoric and stuff is so anti it's not about you it's not about your story it's not about this legacy stop (laughs) all that stuff you know it's not about your name and anything but like so they like they're so scared of that and push that down mm-hmm. that someone of your personality type and, you know, this Enneagram threeness and this drive and this competitiveness and this achieving stuff like that could kill some of the very things that are the beautiful thing God made to like do that very stuff, which is like to like bring risky things into the world and to like try things where other people might not have the drive mm-hmm. or the courage to do so. And to like, yeah, like God likes your name. God likes Sharon. And so like, like this idea of like, you know, like never go make your mark, never go do a thing, never go like influence anything anywhere. Like, Mm -hmm. like how much poorer the world would be to not have, I mean, so many, like to not get, it's not even in the ether, like to talk really practically, like everybody that's ever been influenced by this church. Yeah. I mean, you do more than just here, but I mean, this church's reach, especially hmm. when you think about years and times and the different seasons, yeah. the people that come and go, like it, it's a massive amount of reach, which is not like, you know, like tooting your own horn or anything. Like this is an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so the loss to the world and the, the way the world would be poorer for Sharon, not doing the thing that you were supposed to do and being a part of your own thing. Like, I don't know. That's not like more Christian to not do the things that have been so influential to so many people. Right. So I think, I think you're a person who's already tried really hard to walk in a balance of it. And like (laughs) just having more knowledge is just going to make you do that even better. You know, having more words to put around it, you know, things like the Enneagram and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like, like it gives more space to lean into it, but yeah. It's not, it's not like a, you haven't been doing that already. Like yeah. you care about the stuff and you do yeah. it really healthfully. And I think you're a pretty humble person. You know, mm-hmm. you like, you do so much for so many people and in so many ways more than even the stage we're sitting on, you have such a stage, but I think you, you're a person who's always used that stage to say like, the Lord is here. The Lord loves all of you guys. Mm-hmm. Let's go figure out what he's doing with you. And it's never been like a, I don't know. There's just not much, there's not much of a vibe from Sharon that is this, look at me. I'm amazing. You guys can like, you know, take this world. I'm freaking Sharon and you guys stink. (laughs) Like there's this, like, like 
hey, I'm Sharon, and I'm excited about life, and I'm excited about God, and I'm excited about you guys. Let's go do stuff together. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's the Jesus stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you do that really well. Now you're going to make me cry. No. Uh, no. Oh, uh, man. Uh, no feelings. This is not a podcast for feelings. Um, that's not true. Uh, so that also makes me think, though, in the realm mm-hmm. of, I, I don't know, in the realm of the things Sharon is leaning into and being a part of in the world right now, like, talk a little bit about some of, there's a lot of wider stuff in the vineyard movement that you're kind of jumping into and have been a part of. And I think, you know, it, I mean, that's also mm-hmm. a, a credit to the fact that people see the way that you very humbly, but very intentionally serve. Yeah. And I think a lot of us that know the things you're doing, is like are really stoked that you get to go do that. So <sighs> maybe, maybe talk about some of the things you're doing in the bigger part of the church than just here in Maryville. Yeah, um, so I am um, on the Vineyards executive team, and that is, I think we're about a year in, a year and a half in, um, and that has been new and um, really just encouraging um, and kind of exciting to be a part of. Um, And then I'm also on the women in leadership team, where we help. Um, really just kind of encourage and inspire and resource and mentor a lot of other female pastors in the vineyard and actually in just all over, not just the vineyard. And um, that's been a shift for me as well um, because at first I just wanted to just be the female pastor and and not, you know, worry about it or make it a big deal. I'm just who God made me to be. Um, but then I just felt this, um, I'm, I'm really grateful for people who've gone before me to make this path easier. Um, you know, especially like Diane Lehman and, and just the vineyard in general and, and their, um, their stance on women and ministry and leadership. And, and so I've sort of have felt that, um, it's almost like selfish to just Mm. do what I'm called to do. I'm really kind of privileged to be in the vineyard movement and to be married to Aaron. And so things have come easier for me Mm. than other women. Um, and so I've sort of just, I decided, I was like, you know, I really feel like the Lord is calling me to help raise up other women to help encourage other women, um, to care more than I did. And, um, and, and really enter the the theological conversation, um, all, all that stuff. And, um, it's been, it's been good. It's been good. I, um, I'm a part of this mentoring program. And Mm. so, um, I, mentor about, I don't know, six to eight women at a time via That's Zoom awesome. oh, yeah. in the okay, evening. Oh, yeah. This is great. Yeah. And, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. yeah it's it's awesome. like kind of one of those after hours, you know, in your pajamas. And um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mentor them monthly and there's a few of us that mentor and it's been this incredible thing. Um, mm. Women are just connecting all over the country and it's really That's fun awesome. talking to other women leaders. And um, even though the vineyard has, you know, decided that women can be... Um, in all levels of leadership and all that stuff, um, it's still working itself out. So it's like, we kind of say, even though, um, it's been decided there's still work to do. And so it looks different in every church still. And we are so, um, egalitarian in our church, you know, obviously Lindsay's a venue pastor and I'm a venue pastor. And, you know, we forget sometimes that even in the larger vineyard movement, it's still not totally, it's settled, but not settled. Sure. Um, and so it's, it's been fun just walking with other women and encouraging them to keep going and, and they're having the hard conversations at their churches and, um, at the same time, a lot of work is being done. There's a lot of women planning churches, mm, um, this is awesome. pastoring, lead pastoring, um, being the regional leaders and area leaders and mm. things are happening. And so, um, yeah, it's been, it's been good to look outside of myself, even in that context yeah. and help and kind of give back and be a part of that too. Mm, that is awesome. Yeah. What is, so, and, uh, uh, you mentioned, the, you know, executive team, uh, mm-hmm. before that team and, and, and the mentoring. Uh, so what is, what is the executive team like is, um, how, cause you're a year in, like, mm-hmm. does it still feel new or weird or, <laughs> I mean, what does it practically look like? Like yeah. what is Sharon doing on the <laughs> executive team? Like, what does that look like? You know? Yeah. I think, I think we're still figuring it out. So basically, um, it's my understanding that the executive team has been, um, almost the same people for about 20 plus years. Right. Oh, so Um, being a new person is significant. It is significant. And so Phil Strout is our national director and, um, the national, um, 
the national board or the executive team, um, it was all made up of people, most for the most part, um, kind of people getting ready to retire, like 60, okay. 60 plus. Yeah. And um, he always felt like we need to make room for young people, but that means some of us had to push away from the table. Hmm. And so he has been incredibly bold that um, he has brought young people on for one-year terms, yeah. and then um, and then he uh, he just he pretty much switched over the whole board this past yeah. year, and so now the average age is more like forty yeah. instead of sixty-five, and so there's a lot of us that are yeah. new, and that's significant. It is, and it, yeah. it was very courageous, and and we all are very humbled because we know a lot of people had to push away mm. to make space for that, um, and. It's just funny. Um, it's just funny how you're perceived. You know, they look at us as mm. like we're so young. Meanwhile, when we're leading our churches and we're 40, we're like we're all going gray. <laughs> but so we're f starting to feel mm. like we're not the young people in the church. But then when it comes to the executive team, we're the young people on that board. And yeah, it's, it's the all weird thing. Very There's like literally always somebody 20 years older than yeah. you. <laughs> but it, it's a weird thing to feel like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, they look at us like we're so young, and I'm like, but I've got 20 year olds in my church. They don't think I'm young. Um, so it's just funny. But just um, wanting wanting the wisdom, though. And, and so, yeah, we are, you know, um, Phil Strout is just, he's been, he's just saying, listen, like, um, we're kind of leading this movement in the future. And so we're kind of praying about everything. There's mm. a Come Holy Spirit conference this summer where mm. um, we're just really wanting the Holy Spirit to move us um, in the right direction. It, you know, right. we keep talking about um, what has gotten us here is not going to get us there. Sure. Okay. And so, and that's kind of, you know, honestly, that's what we're experiencing right here in Maryville. That's what we're mm. experiencing at Springbrook and Knoxville. Um, things are changing and yeah. we don't have to look at that change, you know, through the eyes of fear. Mm. To me, it's that's like beautiful. actually really exciting. I'm like, I love yeah. putting everything on the table and saying, well, What's and you next? like new things. Like you said, yeah. it's, it's like, <laughs> it's almost cool. It like provides opportunity if you, you know, can accept looking at it that way to yeah. do some of the, the new and the starting and mm -hmm. the things that, um, it's like, oh, we're like 15 years into a thing you, there, that's not new, but it's mm -hmm. like, oh wait, there is, there's, yeah. there's ways that we're literally figuring stuff out from scratch again. Mm -hmm. But that can be like, I love the way you said it, like not being a space for fear, yeah. but a space for like a lot of hope and a lot of excitement and a mm -hmm. lot of the, I don't know. I think it's cool. Cause I think not only in like staff people and stuff, but it'll it, like in the whole church, that's the space where you'll see like people get stirred up for stuff like, like the, I don't know. I feel like if people feel like they're in a season of permission and hmm. spring and blossoming and like almost countless possibilities on the table, then like you see stuff bloom in people that you would have had no idea about. Yeah. So that, that is really cool. I love to see that. I am hmm. a huge proponent of just seeing what, uh, what God is doing in other people's lives, seeing yeah. what God is doing around us. I mean, this goes back to, I mean, you know, the nineties experiencing God book that we all did, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, you know, like watch what God is doing and join him. Um, yeah. and I, I just think that God is always doing something new mm. and culture is always changing. Yeah. And so not wanting to hold on to sacred cows, which is hard, you know, trying to sure. recognize what your yeah. sacred cows are, um, thinking you don't have them, but knowing you do. Yeah. And really just saying, okay. That's humbling. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, um, and, and, and just not wanting to be that church that is just comfortable, hmm. you know, wanting to be that church that is always like, just like relevant and, and, and people are not just coming to a nice service, but people are like changing and changing the world. Hmm. And, um, that's just, there's, there's just a lot of, um, a lot of responsibility there, yeah. you know, in where you always do feel like you have to be watching and listening and changing. You know, we talk about in Maryville how people love us to do something different all the time. Mm. And that can be hard because there's this expectation because, mm -hmm. like, you know, no one's creative all of the time. Right, exactly. Um, and so I feel like we've been, you know, kind of like, okay, just getting our bearings again. But I do feel like God is like blowing this wind of creativity again. Mm -hmm. Like you said, spring is coming, it's here. Yeah. And I think that is significant both in our church locally and um, on like the Vineyard National level. And mm. so it's kind of fun that the things we're talking about there are the exact same things I think we're all feeling in our local churches. Mm. Um, and that's what makes me excited because yeah. we are, we're a, an association of churches. And so when we're at that board, almost everyone, I, I love the Vineyard because like almost everyone on the board, they're leading local churches. So they're yeah. not out of touch. Yeah, You know, we're right. all having the same conversations Someone's at home. job hasn't been just, I'm just kind of a 
board executive person. Yes. Like yes. the last 40 years I've been moving up various boards and I things, love that about but the like I haven't been in a local church in like several decades. Yep. Yeah. That's, it makes it really healthy because hmm. you're all going through it together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it, it's cool, too, because it keeps everything in perspective of, like, right, like, being at a national thing. And I, I'm not on like, any board or anything, but it's even, like, going to conferences or, like, the annual worship retreat that I love um, and these things where you get excited on this big level. But being excited about things on the big level or the movement level, and then those things help you be excited about, like, the capital C, like, church level, like, around the world. You know, those get mm-hmm. you pumped. but it's all about getting excited as it will affect the actual hands in the dirt in your place. Yes. Like, like th- that, this is all amazing and the theory is all beautiful, but where any of that theory finds a body <laughs> is literally in the local body. And yeah. that, I don't know, it's, it's like the upside down thing of the kingdom and stuff too, you mm-hmm. know, like even the biggest world reaching movement stuff is going to come out of the small struggling beautiful church that has a name and a sign mm-hmm. and a bunch of messed up wonderful people in it you know yeah like yeah. that's the good stuff because that's mm-hmm. how it's that's how it has always worked like yeah the body of christ is doing crazy things but the body of christ is like every beautiful weirdo you know <laughs> so like that's that's like that sounds like jesus you know yeah. that's the best stuff yeah mm. oh it's good yeah, Sharon, talking to you is really awesome. I like like it's it's obvious like how much you care about the things you care about, um, and yeah. So so maybe this question just kind of as we get to talk about and people hear more of the things that they may not know that are like just hovering under the surface of the Sharon life. Um, so kind of asking this question because I think we'll ask people this maybe regularly on the conversations. But what are the things for Sharon that are like? hovering right under the surface right now. Um, and that, you know, that can be like the hard things that are getting worked through or just the like, kind of like exciting things that are just like right under the surface right now in the Sharon life. I don't know. What would those things be for you? Yeah. Um, I think, (laughs) I think that I am really excited about my kids getting older. Hmm. I, you know, I have so many friends, they're so sad, you know, hmm. about their kids getting older. Sure. And, um, but because of, um, just my calling to being a youth pastor and that kind hmm. of thing, I am pumped about being like a youth mom. Oh, see, that makes sense. That's really yeah. cool, actually. Yeah, I am pumped about it. And, um, you know, of course, there's uh, a lot of fear, you know, if your kids are going to change or how they're going to change. And, and I just feel really passionate about speaking life over teenagers and over our kids. And, you know, I'm always trying to speak that into my kids. Like you guys are going to be the best teenagers ever. Yeah. Like we're going to have so much fun. And, yeah. um, and I, I was a good teenager. And so it helps me to know it's possible. Mm. <laughs> you know, like sure. I, I enjoyed my family and, you know, sure. I had my things, of course, I wasn't perfect on any level, but I was like a good teenager. I didn't just sure. suddenly change or, but you have hope for that season of life to yeah. not be like Terrible Miserable. on any level, like, right? You actually, like, yeah, you you actually have a belief that teenagers could thrive rather than surviving. Yeah, yeah, and it's honestly, it's good to hear someone have that kind of hope, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, for your kids' sake, it's good to hear that mm-hmm. people actually have hope about that because I, I made it. I mean, I made it through my teenage years, and I don't think they were like miserable or anything. But um, I still think back to it, and if it was like. I don't know if like, if like somebody popped up and had some kind of like mystical deal and it's like, these things would all be worked out forever and everything you need would come together. All you got to do is be a teenager again. I'd be like, not a chance, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Like, so it's nice to hear someone that actually like loves the idea of their kids getting to be a teenager. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, that, that can be a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and awesome. I'm already trying to be self-aware because I'm not only passionate about my kids being teenagers, I'm passionate about all of my friends' children being teenagers. <laughs> and so um, I yeah. am probably already driving everybody crazy. Like, you have to get your kids <laughs> to this retreat. Like, you have to get your kids to camp. You have to. But I believe in this stuff so much. Right. And then the stakes are so much higher when they're your own kids. Right. And I'm just like, like just wanting to bring everyone with us on mm. this ride. And... Um, and I'm just, I'm going to be crazy about it for a decade now. So, <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
and maybe and maybe this kind of goes right along with that but so what are like in addition to basically everything you've said because i feel like you only <laughs> you only spend your time on the things that you're passionate about you know this is great but like if there was anything else you wanted to share what are the things that make sharon really excited right now like is is there uh, anything you haven't got to talk about yet that is just mm. it's just you're pumped. It keeps you up at night. It makes you wake up in the morning early, anything like that, you know? Yeah. I'm pumped about a couple of things. I'm pumped about, um, our young adult ministry. I'm pumped oh, about yeah. that. We have been trying to yeah. have a solid young adult ministry for 15 years yeah. and, um, it is happening now. And, and mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that's not for lack of effort. Sometimes it's just, it's timing, it's people, it's whatever it is. And right now, you know, Brooks and Annie yeah. and Jared and Q, and I could go on and on. Um, they're just leading this incredible ministry that I think is going to be deeper and wider than we know. Mm. I'm really pumped about that. I'm crazy pumped about um, our primetime group. We have uh, over 40 people Whoa, in okay. a small group that's like 55 plus, and they have to meet yeah. two different days. And it's incredible. We're building a pastoral care team. It's yeah. just, I love seeing people operate in ministry. And yeah. I, I, I believe that it is so like fulfilling mm. to be using your gifts and all those things. And so I'm pumped about all that stuff. It's making our church stronger yeah. and healthier. Um, some of the things that I'm excited about is um, rethinking the way we do other things. You know, mm. um, I am I am huge on small groups. I love small groups. Right. Um, but really rethinking about what does small groups mean for the family with kids that are at the ball field four nights a week? What is this? Uh, yeah. How do you still disciple people that way when life really is hard and makes those choices difficult. It's, they're not right. choosing one or the other, you yeah. know, it, it really is a, like a predicament and we really want to pastor people. Right. And, um, and so really like, we're thinking and reimagining what does online small group look like? What oh, is, yeah. Yeah. you know, what does discipleship look like that multiplies? You know, so it's, yeah. it's fun for me to put it all in the is table. Is there a small group like at the ball field kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, who knows? These are, yeah, yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. yeah. So re rethinking things. And then of course, um, having that margin and energy again to start, mm. um, thinking about these things that we've been in, that it's been in our hearts for a long time, but what are, what are we really going to do, um, about orphan care? What are we yeah. really going to do about homeless? And we're starting to make strides in that and make plans for that. Mm. And honestly, all that kind of stuff just excites me. And I'm excited about having the energy and margin to be excited again. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, okay. The way you put that is so cool. Cause yeah. like some people might be like, what? But I feel like, I feel like any of your friends listening who are your, you know, your pals from ministry world, like th that's putting into words, like a feeling they probably all feel like, <laughs> like excited about the margin to be excited. That is actually yeah. like, that may be one of the most, like, you should probably write that down. That's like, <laughs> that's a good book quote later in life. Like that's, that's an amazing like way to cap encapsulate the idea of ministry is like oh, yes. one day we will be excited to have excitement margin ever again. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Well, and maybe this, <laughs> this is not like necessarily intentionally like a, like exciting question, hard question sandwich, but here, here it goes. <laughs> so from that, what are the things kind of, we asked this almost in all of these talks, but what are the things that are requiring great vulnerability from you right now to grow and to change? Like, yeah, I think, God is bringing me into a season of learning how to slow down hmm. in order to speed up. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm starting to feel margin as I've actually started to slow down. Hmm. Um, and, and part of it is just, uh, life and some losses making you slow down. Sure. Um, and some of it is just recognizing when you're out of juice a little bit, hmm. you know? Um, and so it's been really cool. Every time I've been in a hard spot, God just floods me with, he just won't leave me there for long. And he just floods me with people and books and resources and ministries um, to just make me better. And mm. so I've, so I've been doing a season of just going deeper um, in order to go wider, all those mm. things. And I don't know if it's like a 15 year mark or whatever it is, but 
it has been really timely and really good. And so uh, half of our staff is going through this thing called faith walking. Yeah, okay. I was hoping you'd talk about it a yeah, little. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, we're new to it still, but it starts with this like 101 retreat that we went to on the front end of a conference we were at. We almost right. stumbled into it. Right. Um, but we, we knew the Mile High Vineyard was all about it, and we love them, look up to them. We're like, let's try this out. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like man, hard work of just going through your childhood and what is it you believe and what vows have you made unconsciously as a kid that you carry out now? I mean, it's yeah. so deep. I could barely kind of mm. even sum it up right now. Um, and then then it's followed up by weekly coaching and conversations about it. Mm. And yeah. um, again, I've mentioned because I'm a three, I'm out of touch with my emotions. Like I just mm. like to give and serve and go. And this has been making me like slow down, evaluate. Uh, Why yeah. am I the way that I am? Is, is this healthy? Is it unhealthy? Yeah. What do I feel? Do I feel? Do I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's been, it's, there's been a lot of soul work happening right now. Yeah. Um, and I, for the first time, have a spiritual director. Yeah. Which sounds very new age-ish to me. Oh. You know, I was like, this is, but it's, it's huge in the whole country oh, yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. And recapturing some kind of lost stuff, man. It's like, Oh, people did this for like hundreds of years. Maybe it was smart. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. For real. Yeah. And it has been incredibly life giving. I mean, it's a one hour phone conversation once a month, but I can't even tell you how life giving it is though. Someone who, um, is just repeating to you kind of what you're saying or what the Lord is saying or seeing something in you has been really, really life-giving. And Mm. so it's been fun. I mean, I'm on a, like a deeper journey than I've ever been right now. And, um, and I believe that it's not only for me, kind of like I was saying on Sunday, that it is the motto of faith walking. The all formation is for mission. Mm. That's the motto. And I'm all about that right now. And um, mm. realizing that I don't want to just have a, like I've said this, like a nice church. I want to have a church of people who are changing and growing mm. and all those things. And so, uh, I think formation is what God is doing in this world. And I think it's like this new thing yeah. that we weren't doing in the nineties and the two thousands, you know? Right. Um, and I'm seeing it everywhere. It's right a now. very different thing than, uh, sin management or yeah. behavioral modification or just, mm-hmm. uh, don't do this when you're at church. And if the pastor doesn't find out you're fine, this is like, <laughs> like how is, how does a heart, how does a human being like mind, body, and soul actually transform into the, in kind of into who they already are, but at the real level, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, how do you be the person God already said you are? Yeah. Um, and it's like to do that work is way harder than the other stuff. Yeah. But it's also like there's actual life coming out of it. So you want to go do it more. It's yeah. like, like you think sin management is hard, but really it's a much easier system <laughs> until it doesn't work because it doesn't. And then, and then you, and then you give up because it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But then like the real stuff you're doing and like, I applaud you for doing it. And like you and the rest of the, like team here and people that are doing it, you guys are like all working so hard and doing actual (laughs) look at yourself, look through the things that are hard, but, but for the purpose of not finding like desolation and sadness and just like, I'm man, I'm the worst ever. Like, but like seeing through the stuff to see the deep thing of this is God's beloved person. Mm. And that, that person is amazing. And God actually cares enough to not leave you in the middle of all the things you said, right? Like the mechanisms you had to figure out just to make it the mm-hmm. vows. Yeah. The unconscious vows you made to yeah. figure out being a human, but God's like, there's a new way to be human. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think that's all. And it's also very courageous. I, I would say that to you too. Like, like as someone who has been um, kind in your openness in giving people permission to also struggle with you of, you know, fights with fear and things like that. Well, it is exceptionally courageous to do the deep work of knowing yourself Hmm. and letting God like show you the way he loves you so that you might actually do the most impossible miracle of all of them, which is like to actually love yourself, you know? Um, and I think it's super courageous. So in the realm of people celebrating like with you that you are 
even though it may not feel like it on the hard <laughs> days, like you are actually fighting the thing that has been so hard because to do that stuff at all mm-hmm. is very much a kick in the face to fear because that's very courageous. Mm. So I think that's awesome you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. I I have, you know, struggled because it is, it is a lot of work and that's why um, we, it was actually suggested to us that we only bring half the staff through at a time. <laughs> so your entire staff isn't like <laughs> yeah. a wreck. So you're not all messed up. Um, <laughs> Someone can still come to work. <laughs> exactly. So that's why half, half the staff's mad at us. I don't us. know if We're that's like, safe though because it's, it's me next. and Sam. Yes. Like, yes. I don't, like in the realm of people who are sometimes <laughs> just crying alone, like you let, I don't know how safe it is to leave me and Sam in the building. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I, I will say one funny story is oh, um, in the face of doing all the hard work and stuff. I'm like, no, no kidding. I started binge watching a show for the first time in my life. <laughs> yes. and, and I'm like, I am, I'm legitimately like out for a minute, you know, like it's so much. And, right. you know, I remember Aaron and I went on, went to the national board and um, we were talking about the movement and all these things. And we had a moment where we're like, it's just so nice to not think about ourselves for a second. Like mm. we, we've honestly never thought of our, ourselves this much our, in our whole lives. Right. Um, and it's, I don't want to stay here. You know, um, but I want to get healthy right. and then I want to know what it is to keep getting healthy. Um, you know, I want to, obviously formation is going to continue, yeah. but I don't want to stay doing the well, hard work. It, it, it is the hard work, right? Cause it's, it's like, I don't know, like two things that just popped in my head that are both hard, but we need, it's like doing this kind of formational work and looking at the shadow side and those sort of things. It's, it's the desert mm-hmm. and it's the gym and like, we need the desert. Yeah. Like. Every biblical story has a metaphorical or physical desert. It's just how we do it. And like, and we need the gym, but both places suck. And so they're Mm -hmm. only beautiful and wonderful in so much (laughs) as the, the, the transformation that happens in them. But man, you can't live your whole life in the desert or the gym. Absolutely. So like, I, you know, I do hope (laughs) you'll, you know, at some point in the semi near future, get like a not desert for a minute. (laughs) But it's, like I said, it's crazy, courageous work. And here's the thing, it, like, it it makes you guys, like, that much more trustworthy mm-hmm. because people know you're not just inviting them to deal with their desert mm-hmm. and to not run away, but to go into the desert because that's where he takes mm-hmm. us a lot. But you're saying, and I'm going with you, and we will be okay. You know, like <laughs> yeah. that that's a big deal. It's a big deal for people to be able to know that the hardest soul work challenges, which it's amazing that you want your church to be a place of that. Yeah. Not just here's some stuff and some feelings, but like, this is a place where our souls are formed. Um, well, to know that you're doing that first mm-hmm. is big for people, Oh, good. you know? So I, I yeah. like, and learning just to be transparent. Mm. It's just, it is powerful. I, you appreciate it so much when other people, are transparent mm-hmm. and it, it, you, you know, it's courage when they do it, Yeah, you know, and it's harder when you do it, but, um, but yeah, you just want to be real. Like that's what we say. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard. It's a, it is, it is the best, but very hard work to let. Um, I think this, uh, uh, it's from the celebration of discipline book and maybe from somewhere else, but the idea of like letting God be your justifier, hmm. like, letting God say the things about you um, and trusting that he's going to tell other people about those things about you. And we don't have to do so much of the work of keeping it all together and selling people a story that looks this much like this, but it's just like, this is the me Mm -hmm. and all the (laughs) mess and beauty of it. And God really loves this me. Mm -hmm. And like, like, here's where I am at in the journey. Let me tell you about it and let me hear where you are in your journey. And, but that's the good stuff, right? Like it's a, I think I've heard a couple people say this recently. I think Adam says this a good bit, maybe Uh, Adam Russell, but um, like the God's interested in healing our real life, not our fake one. (laughs) Um, And so, man, this this is beautiful stuff. And I think um, it matters to people to have pastors that are also not just telling them, but also trying to let God into the vulnerable space of their actual life mm-hmm. because God's really there to do the healing of the real life anyways. Yeah. 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 So I, man, you guys are killing it. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe a, <laughs> that's all really great stuff, but maybe a great thing 
that is maybe easier or less hard to think about. So as the final question, like, what is the thing that Sharon loves the most about God hmm. right now? I am really amazed at his grace. That's so funny. Amazing grace. Yes. But, uh, really amazed hmm. at his grace and, um, really thankful for his grace, really, um, doing a deep dive and how his grace is sufficient for me. Hmm. Um, realizing that, you know, God builds the church, God sustains the church, God yeah. grows the church. Um, not us, yeah. you know, when, when, when we didn't have anything left, the church still grew things yeah. like that. I mean, just to watch it with your own eyes has been, um, really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in all this deep dive stuff, learning that, um, Oh, I, I do have some perfectionism in me. Mm-hmm. I do have, um, I am hard on myself. Mm-hmm. I am all these things. And again, that, like that grace, like he is so, so gracious and loves us so much. And, and being able to have these conversations with other people. I remember, um, it was just at open sanctuary talking to Jason Stewart and we were just talking about life and things and what God is doing. And, and he said to me, he's like, Sharon, he's like, even Jesus, like he actually did everything perfectly and people still hated him. Mm -hmm. And that was huge. I mean, yeah, that's some wisdom. Yeah. Like I, I am trying to be perfect. I know I'm not perfect, but try real hard, you know, like mm. to do the right thing and to say the right things and to act the right way. And, and uh. then still people don't like you or, or have opinions about you or on all those things. And he's like, even Jesus, like he was actually perfect yeah. and people hated him. And I thought, man, like that has been life for me for a week. His grace mm. is sufficient for me and not needing to be the, uh, the people pleaser and not needing to mm. personally build up the body of Christ and hold it all together. And this is God's work. And, um, Mm. even if I'm not perfect, yeah, like that's okay. Like, you know, um, Mm, so it's been, it's been a lot of just him ministering to me. And again, I I know he loves me and all those things, but this, just trying to let go of perfectionism of unrealistic expectations for myself, Mm. um, trying to let that go has been, it's, I mean, that's, that's going to be hard. I mean, that's like, that's in there, that's embedded. Um, and one does not been good. quickly let go of something that you've held for your known existence. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. And that's okay. Yeah. And really yeah. trying to learn like how much of that is my wiring? Right. How much of it is some deep childhood thing I don't, haven't like resolved yet? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's where the work is at. Mm. Um, but really just letting God speak into it has mm. been really life giving. And I just, God's so, so good. I, I do. I love him so much. And um, mm. he's, he's just, he's so good. Yeah. He's so good. It makes me think like in kind of a full circle way when you were talking um, earlier just about your own journey of like even the tasks and jobs and things in the church you did that you didn't know you would ever do um, and the encouragement you would want other people to have to not maybe box themselves in so much. Uh, And it made me think when you're saying these things of like – in all the tons of hats and vocations we'll all wear in all the tons of moments that feel very good and victorious or feel like garbage and everything <laughs> sucks in all these moments, like his grace and his love for us is deeper and more like indescribably abounding than we know. And at the end of the day, like the call on Sharon's life is to be Sharon loved by God. Yeah. And, and that's it. Like, like the man, yeah, I love what you said. Like it, it's freeing for me. Like I need to hear that. You know, the, the mantle of building the church is not on Sharon's shoulders, you know, but that means it's not on mine either, Yeah. you know? And like the mantle of, I don't know, the mantle of honestly, even like forming and transforming our own hearts and stuff, even though we kind of join in with the work, like that's not even on you. Mm-hmm. And I need to hear that because then that's not on me yeah. or it's not on this next person. And the idea of like, he's just covering us and he likes us a bunch. And like we first encountered him in all of our mess. So hmm. why would he not want to be with us when there's some mess now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, just being you, like mm-hmm. the gift of being you is like the best gift God gave you. And then you get to give the best gift back, which is 
also the same thing. It's like just being Sharon is the gift. Uh-huh. Like just being Sharon is the gift he gave you and the gift you give back to him. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and all the other things will work themselves out. It's almost like maybe this is one of the practical ways the seek first the kingdom thing works out. You know, I think sometimes we make that the practical applications of that a longer mm-hmm. list of small things, but maybe like in a really deep practical way, yeah. one of the ways Sharon seeks the kingdom and the other things will just fall into place is like, like, hmm. man, the deepest seeds of the kingdom are the fact that God has planted himself in the hearts of all these beautiful human beings around. Yeah. So just like figuring out what it's like to be Sharon in a whole and healthy way is like as much kingdom as any other thing you'll ever do on a spread, like on a spreadsheet or a list of things or a resume ever is yeah. just being Sharon. And it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. You so rock, good. Sharon. Yeah. Thank you for talking. And I hope this wasn't as scary as <laughs> you thought it was. Um, and, and it was actually fun. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You, you rock. You, you do, you do so much for so many of us and a, like a wider scope than you'll probably ever know. And, but also like, yeah, just to end on the thing that's kind of what we've been saying the whole time, which is just the other thing though, is that you just are so much mm. to so many people, whether you did another thing the rest of your life. So we all thank you and you rock. Thanks, so, One of these, boom, fist pump. Fist pump. That's the it. Boom, done. right everyone thank you for listening and another thank you to pastor sharon for being awesome we're going to end today's podcast the way we end all of these with praying our prayer together if you know this prayer from our sunday from our sunday liturgies here at the vineyard church then i hope you'll pray this along with me and if you don't know this prayer i hope that as time goes on it could be a blessing to you and maybe part of your rhythm too so let's pray this together Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you alone are King. Give us wisdom, courage, and kindness that we might bear your image well. Unify us in heart, soul, and purpose that the world might know your love. Make us your hands, generous and compassionate. Make us your feet, valiant and steady. In service to you and all you've created, give us love greater than fear onward for your kingdom. We're declaring your worth, finding our worth in you, and joining you in the renewal of all things. Amen. See you soon.